Praise the Lord. Okay, we're going to go to Matthew chapter, uh, Matthew chapter, this is in your New Testament, okay, Matthew chapter 17, and we're going to start right here. All right, six days later, Jesus took Peter, James, and his brother, John, to the top of a high and lonely hill, and as they watched, his appearance changed so that his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became dazzling white. Oh my goodness. Now, remember, Peter and James and John, they're just now learning who Jesus is. He's, he's already fed to 5,000. He's fed to 4,000. He's walked on water. They've watched all these miracles. These guys have been doing miracles, too, because at the end of this chapter, it looks like they can't do a miracle, and Jesus turns around and says, you could if you'd believe. So our believing is very important. But anyway, this is one of those moments that, oh, no, this is, I can't understand this, you know. His clothes just started glowing. Well, remember Jesus, as you know your Bible, he was all the way back there in the Old Testament. He was there the whole time. Before Abraham was, I am, Jesus said to some of these people when he was here. Look at this. Suddenly Moses, who's he? Well, praise the Lord. We've been reading our Bible. We know who he is. And Elijah appeared. Oh, mercy. And we're talking with him. Peter blurted out, now this wasn't wrong. Some people think, shame, no. You would have said something too. Sir, it's wonderful that we can be here. If you want me to, I'll make three shelters, tents. I mean, they're out in the hot sun, okay. One, of, one for you and for Moses and one for Elijah. Man, we want to do anything. We'll build you a bonfire, whatever you need us to do. Okay, but even as he said it, a bright cloud came over them and a voice from the cloud Said, now here's where I don't like these people that read the Bible. Like he just screamed, This is my beloved son, who I'm well but You kidding? That's not what was going on. Uh-uh. This is my beloved son, and I am wonderfully pleased in him. Obey him. At this the disciples fell downward to the ground, terribly frightened. Jesus came over to them and touched them. Get up, he said, Don't be afraid. Now he would have said, Yeah, you ought to be afraid after what you said. No. All this stuff shocked them. I mean, God, not only was there Moses and Jesus and Elijah, but Heavenly Father shows up. I mean, this was... Anyway, notice what Jesus says. And when they looked, only Jesus was with them. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> and as they were... Uh, hang on, let's see. As they were... Where'd it go? Yeah. Uh, as they were going down the mountain, Jesus commanded them, don't tell anyone that they've seen this, that they saw this till after I'm raised from the dead. Of course, they still like, raised from the dead? What? And the chapter before this, Peter said, don't talk about dying because that's not right. And he and the Lord got into it over that. The Lord told him, get behind me, <clears throat> Satan. You know, that just reason. Re so none of them knew what was going to happen here other than Jesus. Well, they asked him, they said, why do the Jewish leaders insist that Elisha must come first before the Messiah? Well, look what he says. Well, they're right. Elijah, Elijah must first come and set everything in order. Well, we just noticed he just came just a moment ago. But Jesus is going to say it's really John the Baptist. In fact, he's already come, but wasn't recognized and was badly mistreated. Man, they cut his head off, you know. And I, the Messiah, shall also suffer at their hands. Then the disciples just realized he was speaking about John the Baptist. Now, here we are in the life and times of Jesus. Now, remember, this picture here is a picture of your heart. Jesus is standing at the, your heart, okay? we got problems today. We're going to have problems tomorrow. Going to have some this year. Watch this. Here's what happens. When they reached the bottom, uh, a huge crowd was waiting for them. A man came and knelt before him and said, Sir, 
have mercy on my son. All right, here's a problem. Look at this. Mentally deranged, in big trouble, often falls in the fire and into the water. Now, listen, I don't have it. My, my kids, I don't have any kids that have, have something like this. But I tell you what, if I had trouble mentally or whatever, and my kids had to take medication or whatever, I would still look to the Bible for help. This is just In our society, I see the temptation. Oh, here's my son, Willie. You know, it's Dustin's little, little brother, Willie. And he, he's retarded. Oh, and then I start making excuses for, but it's okay. We just have to take the good with the bad. And, and we know the Lord's working in little Willie's life here. Well, I know the Lord's working in a little, but I'm going to do this, praise the Lord. I'm going to trust the Lord for help, you know. And that's really the root of what happened here. Watch this. He said, I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't cure him. They couldn't. Oh, they could. Watch what Jesus said. Anyway, look at Jesus' response. He didn't say, well, it's a special case, because that's what we've been taught. Oh, stubborn, faithless people. Now, Lord, hold on. I had nothing to do with my little Willie or whatever. Not my fault. It's the Lord's will. He said stubborn, and that's not a way to start a conversation. He's acting like Donald Trump, you know. Might be because it needs to be said. How long shall I bear with you? Look what he says. Bring him here to me. In other words, I'll show you how this works. But notice this phrase. How long shall I bear with you? Knows how long are you going to have to have me be here? Then Jesus rebuked the demon in the boy and it left him. And from that moment, the boy was well. Afterward, the disciples asked privately, why couldn't we cast it out? Now, let's see if Jesus changed his tune a little bit. Actually, he didn't. He didn't. Look at this. Because of your little faith. Oh, I don't want to hear that. Look at this. Jesus said, for if you had faith, even as small as a tiny seed of a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move, and it'll go away. Nothing would be impossible to you. Now, before I read the next verse, because see here, that just all throws it out the window. Say, yeah, but Richard, look at 21. We're going to look at this right here. I'm going to punch that button right there. See what that says. This verse is omitted in many ancient manuscripts. Probably because it's not part of the story. Somebody stuck it in there. See, a lot of times we'll go, yeah, but this kind of demon won't come out unless you have prayed and gone without food. Well, did, did Jesus pray and go without food? No. And, and he jacked everybody up saying, why do you got to have me? You can cast this thing out. Praise the Lord. But anyway, bottom line, Moses and Elijah... And Jesus, okay, and all this wonderful stuff. But anyway, one day they were in, uh, while they were in, uh, 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 well, anyway, I'm not, we're not going to get to that story. But anyway, but nonetheless, so here's, here's what took place. Now, let's go back to, uh, uh, I want to go to um, the, uh, oh, because we had Elijah show up. So let's see something about Elijah. We're going to go to, it's actually chapter 17. First Kings is not a very long book. It's so super Interesting reading. Oh, my goodness. It's just one story after another about your kings of Israel. You know, whatever, kings of Judah and Israel. They're combined. Anyway, so here we go. Then Elijah, we just saw him standing next to the Lord and Moses. Wouldn't that be funny? Elijah sitting there going, I read about you. <laughs> Moses is going, well, I didn't read about you, but I knew you were coming. <laughs> you know, and They knew what was happening. They were all caught up. 
you know. Elijah the prophet from Tishbe and Gilead told the king Ahab, Ahab was married to Jezebel. Oh no, but he was a jerk. But remember last week we found that he got, he had, he got mercy. As surely as the Lord God lives, the God whom I worship and serve, there won't be any dew or rain for several years till I say the word. Sometimes people think there's nothing you can do about the weather. James chapter 5 records this story right here. And it says, a man of like passion. He said, we are, we, we have, we have, uh, no, we're just like Elijah is what he's saying. We could, and you're like, oh my gosh, well, he prayed it. Well, wouldn't it have a little bit to do with faith? Jesus just got through saying, if you could, you could say to this mountain, be thou removed. Well, certainly you could tell the weather to hold up. Praise the Lord. Anyway, then the Lord said to Elijah, go to the east and hide by the Cherub Brook at the place east of where it enters the Jordan River. In other words, go to this place over here. Drink from the brook and eat what the ravens bring you, for I have commanded them to feed you. Okay. The Lord's going to take care of you. He surely will. Notice we got the details. So he did as the Lord told him, and he camped by the brook. The ravens brought him bread and meat every morning and evening. And he drank from the brook. But after a while, the brook dried up, for there was no rainfall anywhere. Then the Lord said to him, Go and live in the village of Zarephath, near the city of Sidon. There's a widow there who will feed you. I've given her my instructions. Well, anyway, so he went to Zarephath, and let's say he went to New Hope or whatever. He arrived at the gates of the city, saw the, woman, the widow gathering sticks, and asked her for a cup of water. And as she was going to get it, he called her and said, bring me a bite of bread too. Well, she thinks it's the end of her life. She says, I swear by the Lord your God that I haven't a single piece of bread in the house. I've only a handful of flour left and a little cooking oil in the bottom of the jar. I was just gathering a few sticks to cook this last meal. Then my son and I must die of starvation. Elijah said, hey, don't be afraid. Now, whoa, 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 whoa. You're going to die anyway. He says, don't be afraid. Well, no, you ain't going to die anyway. He said, don't be afraid. Go ahead and cook that last meal, but bake a little loaf of bread first, uh, and afterwards there will still, bake me a little loaf of bread first, and there will still be enough food for you and your son. Well, that was a challenge. Well, you know she did it, and of course you know what happened. For the Lord God of Israel says, there will, uh, there will always be plenty of, Flour and oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and crops uh, uh, to grow again. Wow. So she did as Elijah said. She and Elijah and her son continued to eat from her supply of flour and oil as long as it was needed. Wow. For no matter how much they used, there was always plenty left in the containers, just as the Lord promised through Elijah. I've never heard of that. Yeah, you have. The 5,000, the 4,000. This stuff happens all the time. Uh Uh-oh. Why do we have these details? You got great things that happen, all of a sudden bad things. Well, I remember that was a bad thing too, but look at this. One day the woman's son became sick and died. Game over. No, it ain't game over. Praise the Lord. Oh, man of God, she cried. What have you done to me? Have you come here to punish my sins by killing uh, my son? Give him to me, Elijah replied. He took the boy's body from her, carried it to the upstairs guest room. Now, this is not Elisha where he laid his staff on him. This is... Uh, this is another, I mean, it's like there's two stories of kids in the Bible. Yeah, the other one was, remember he was a lad, he, he, he said, oh, my head, my head, and he went home and he died in his mom's lap. And Elijah wasn't even there. And that woman goes running over to Elisha, is what it was, grabbed hold of his legs and said, and, you know, and, um, and, and what's his name was trying to beat her off of Elijah. And, and anyway, uh, she, all she would say was what? It is well. It is well. <laughs> It's well, your son's dead, you know. <laughs> anyway, he figured it out. This is a different story. 
Anyway, he stretched himself out upon the child three times and cried to the Lord, Oh, Lord, my God, please let this child's spirit return to him. If it be thy will. That's not part of the equation. Throw that stuff out. Gee. And the Lord heard Elijah's prayer. Well, it was Elijah. No, I'm going to throw you right back to James 5 because James 5 says your prayers are just like Elijah. The two of y'all are married together. If you just use your faith, praise the Lord. It's the same Lord. It's the Lord that's doing it. Why would he prefer Elijah over you? And the Lord heard Elijah's prayer and the spirit of the child returned. He became alive again. Elijah took him downstairs and gave him to his mother. <laughs> Look at that. See, he's alive. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, she goes on and says, now I know for sure you're a prophet. She told him afterwards. And whatever you say is from the Lord. Now, before we go look at Moses a second, let's go look at something that uh, King David had said right in here. He wrote it down here just for our <clears throat> continued, uh, so we wouldn't get down in the dumps and feel like, oh my goodness. Look at this. Psalm 37, never envy the wicked. I don't care, I don't care if you look through binoculars, man, they are, they're so much better off than I am. Don't envy them. Soon they're going to fade away. Trust in the Lord. Remember that woman was going to make her last little meal there. And then the prophet shows up and says, no, make me a cake first. She trusted the Lord. She said, okay. And then all of a sudden, it never quit. Oh, man. Be kind and good to others. Then you'll live safely here in the land and prosper. Wow. Feeding in safety. Be delighted in the Lord and he'll give you all that your heart's desires. Remember, delight yourself in the Lord. That's his verse. He'll grant you your heart's desires. Wow. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him to help you. And he, oh, look at that. And he will. Praise the Lord. What a day. Hallelujah. Today. Your innocence will be clear to everyone. He will vindicate you with the blazing light of justice shining down from the noonday sun. Remember Jesus, his clothes, which is glowing. I mean, you get ready. Yeah. All you had to do is do what he's doing. He's saying do right here. He says, rest in the Lord. Wait patiently for him to act. Don't be envious of men who prosper. Stop your anger. Turn off your wrath. Don't fret and worry. It only leads to harm. Now, he's not talking about if you need to tell somebody. You do need. You stand up for what belongs to you, the sword of the spirit. He's talking about fussing and saying, you know, this stuff doesn't work. God won't ever help me. My life is a mess, you know. No, don't do that. He says, the wicked, he said, it only leads to harm. The wicked will be destroyed. But those who trust in the Lord, look at this, shall be given every blessing. Praise God. I got what's coming to me, and you do too. Only a little while, and the wicked shall disappear. You will look for him in vain. But all who humble themselves before the Lord shall be given every blessing. Here it is twice, given every blessing, and shall have wonderful peace. Man, I tell you, we, you know, my problems, you know, they look like they go from bad to worse. But I tell you what, I always had the peace of God that passes all understanding that all of a sudden I just keep watching and all of a sudden, boom, they're gone. He takes them. I can't think of any of them I fixed. I didn't fix any of them. They all went away on their own. Verse 12, the Lord is laughing at those who plot against the godly for he knows their judgment day is coming. Evil men will take aim to slay the poor. They're ready to butcher those who do right, but their swords will be plunged into their own hearts and all their weapons are going to be broken. It's better to have a little and be godly than to own an evil man's wealth. For the strength of an evil man shall be broken. But the Lord takes care of those 
he has forgiven. Day by day, the Lord observes the deeds done by godly men, and he gives them eternal rewards. He cares for them. When, look at that. He cares. Here's that woman. He cares for them in, when times are hard, even in famine. Look at that. They will have enough. But evil men will perish. These enemies of God will wither like grass and disappear like smoke. Evil men borrow and cannot pay it back. But the good man returns what he owes with some extra beside. Huh? Yeah. Those blessed by the Lord shall inherit the earth, but those cursed by him shall die. Here it is. The steps of a good man are ordered to the Lord. The steps of good men are directed by the Lord. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. He delights in each step they take. Look at this. Here we are. We're driving in cars. We're dealing with... Uh, you know, disease and stuff. Look at that. If they fall, it isn't fatal. Wow. The Lord holds them with his hands. Verse 25, I've been young and I've been old, never seen the righteous forsaken. Of course, here's the living Bible. I've been young and now old. And in all my years, I have never seen the Lord forsake a man who loves him. Praise the Lord. I've seen that. Nor have I seen, look at this. Nor have I seen the children of the God Godly go hungry. I think, nor have I seen the righteous begging bread. Anyway. Instead, the godly are able to be generous with their gifts and their loans to others and to their children. Uh, and to their children are a blessing. So if you want an eternal home, leave your evil, low-down ways and live good lives. That just means love your brother. Okay, it's pretty easy. For the Lord loves justice and fairness. He will never abandon his people. He will, look at that, he'll keep them safe. But all who love wickedness will perish. The godly be firmly planted in the land and live there forever. I mean, why should I worry? Look at this. The godly man is a good counselor because he is just and fair and knows what's right. Evil men spy on the godly, waiting for an excuse to accuse them, demanding their death. But the Lord will not let these evil men succeed, nor let the godly be condemned when they are brought before the judge. Don't be impatient for the Lord to act. Keep traveling steady along his pathway. In due season, he'll honor you with, look at that, here's that every blessing again. You're going to see the wicked destroyed. He said, I myself have seen it happen. A proud and evil man towering like the cedar of Lebanon. But when I looked again, he was gone. <laughs> That's what David was referring to. I searched, I couldn't find it. But the good man, what a different story. The good man, the blameless, the upright, the man of peace. He has, look at this, a wonderful future ahead of him. Dustin and Gavin have got the longer future than the rest of us in this room. But guess what? Future looks bright, praise the Lord. But our future looks bright as well. But look at this. Praise God. Can you always count on that? Yeah. Evil men shall be destroyed. Their prosperity, their kids, that is, is going to be cut off. Well, I guess my kids. No. Their kids already have my kids. But y'all younger ones here, your kids, they're not going to be cut off. Praise the Lord. The Lord saves the godly. He is their salvation. He is their refuge when trouble comes. Because they trust him, he helps them and delivers them from the plots of evil men. Wow. Just simply trust them. All right? So we've seen Joshua. We've seen, I mean, not Joshua. We've seen uh, Elijah. Uh, we've seen Jesus so far. Let's catch up right here. Just one chapter right here in Deuteronomy. Chapter 1. This, this is Moses. Deuteronomy 1. It records Moses's. This was his address. A little campaign speech here. No, it's a little more than a campaign, you know. They already got to the promised land. Been 40 years. A bunch of them already died. Only ones left are the younger ones. And they realized the ones that died were because they said, well, we can't go in there. There's giants in the land. So it's all about, well, I can't cast out that devil. I can't. Jesus said, yeah, you can too. Here's the address. When they were camped at the valley of Arabah in the wilderness of Moab, east of the Jordan River, 
the cities in that area, just document, document, document. The speech was given on document, document, February 15th, 40 years after the people of Israel left Horeb. Though it only takes, look at this, 11 days to travel by foot. Can you imagine that? Moses got them out of Egypt. They went to Mount Sinai for about, it was six months. Just They needed to learn about the God who just tore to pieces Egypt. And within a, a well, Moses was on the hill. He comes down from the mountain. They're already worshiping a cow. Moo, you're the great God that, that turned the, the Nile into blood. You're the great God that, what? No wonder Moses broke those commandments, you know. I think it's funny. You've heard that Mel Gibson's movie, Mel, uh, what's his, Mel Brooks, his funny movie about the Ten Commandments. He actually had 15 or whatever. And he comes down with 15 and he slipped and one broke off and he goes, well, the Ten Commandments. <laughs> you know. But anyway, it still makes the point. This happened. Though it only takes 11 days. Well, why did it take them 40 years? Ah, uh, hello, they're unbelief. Anyway. At the time of this address, King Sihon, in other words, King Big Bad Guy, we'll just call him Hitler, he'd already been defeated. Wow. And then King Og, oh my goodness, another terrible guy. He'd been defeated. With who? Will you tell me these were all slaves that came out of Egypt? These were not even David's mighty men. So it was the Lord. Yeah. So here we go. So anyway, here is then as Moses addressed Israel, stating all the laws God commanded him to pass along to them. It was 40 years ago, he says, four score, 20 years ago, whatever, you know, at Mount Horeb, Jehovah, our God, told you, you stayed here long enough. Now go, let's occupy the country of the Amorites, the valley of Arabah and Negev and the land of the Canaans and, uh, Canaan and Lebanon, the entire area. I mean, this is huge. I'm giving all of it to you. Go and possess it. And they went over there and they said, we can't. Oh, my goodness. He says, I'm giving it to you. It's the Lord. It's the land the Lord promised your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, all their descendants. Now, I don't mean to keep bringing up candidates and stuff, but it's funny. I've heard him say, oh, one, I'm, one I'm favorite, but anyway. But he, one of his things he'll say was, they're not going to be able to get you into the promised land. I mean, that's a great thing our society has. We say it sometimes and go, well, this ain't the promised land. We know what they mean. The Bible refers to what that promised land is. It's a great story. At that time, I told the people, I need your help. Moses said, you're a great burden to me to carry all myself. The Lord's multiplied you many times as the stars. May he multiply you a thousand times more. Look at that. And bless you as he promised. You know, there's no doomsday. Ten years, the world will come to an end. Anyway. But what can a man do to settle all your quarrels and problems? So choose out some men among you, each tribe, who are wise, experienced, and I'll appoint them. In other words, I was going to set up some judges. Anyway, they all agreed to this. I took the men. They selected some from every tribe, appointed them as administrators, assistants of fifties, thousands, hundreds, tens to settle these quarrels. Okay. Anyway, I instructed them to be perfectly fair at all times. Uh, when given your decision, I told them, never favor a man because he's rich. Be fair to great and small alike. Don't fear their displeasure. Well, they got mad at me. I had to. No, it don't matter. You're, you're doing judgment in the place of God. Bring me any case that's too difficult. I'll handle it. Anyway, he gave them other instructions at that time. Well, then they left. They're on to the promised land. They travel through the great. Look at this terrible desert arriving among the Amorite hills, which the Lord our God directed us. Now, what was happening here was there were snakes and scorpions and all this kind of stuff. But man, they, there's six million plus traveling from Pharaoh's place, Egypt, all the way up here. And they all got there safely. We were at Kadesh Barnea on the border of the promised land. I said to the people, the Lord's given us this land. Look at that. 
Go and possess it, as he told us. Don't be afraid. Don't even doubt. I mean, we're faced with problems even today. And you can look and go, I know the Bible says this, but God, that looks bad. Don't worry about it. You're going to knock it out. You will knock it out. But they replied, hey, let's send some spies out. Well, that wasn't such a good idea, but they did it. Let's send some spies out and discover the best route of entrance and decide which cities to capture first. It seemed like a good idea. So I chose 12 spies, one from each tribe. You know what happened? They crossed into the land, the valley of Echo. They returned with samples of the local fruit. One look was enough to convince us that was, it was indeed a good land the Lord our God had given us. But the people refused to go in and they rebelled against the Lord's command. Why? Well, they said, look, look what they said. They had, they completely, look what they were doing. They murmured and complained in their tents. The Lord must hate us, bringing us here from Egypt to be slaughtered by these Amorites. Now, who told them they were going to be slaughtered? They thought that on their own. It's not trusting the Lord. What are we getting into? Our brothers who spied out the land, they frightened us with their report. They say the people of the land are tall, powerful, and the walled cities rise to the sky. I remember a little history, well, not history, but the book of Joshua those in the promised land were looking at <laughs> they were looking at the Israelites and they were scared because they already knew that King Og was destroyed and whoever that other was the king of Bashan, he was destroyed and they knew Egypt didn't even exist anymore. Pharaoh and all his troops were thrown into the water. They knew those stories. But yet, so you can see why unbelief will wipe you out too. Oh no, we're not going to make it. We've seen the giants out there. This is the biggest problem I've ever had in my life. I said to them, don't be afraid. The Lord God is your leader. He'll fight for you. Look at that. With his mighty miracles. No, the miracles quit. They quit a long time ago. No, they never quit unless you say they quit. Just as you saw him do in Egypt. Look at this. And you know how he cared for you again and again here in the wilderness just as a father cares for his child. But notice what he said. Nothing I said did any good. They refused to believe the Lord our God. Oh, I believe in Jesus. You don't think I pray? Oh, I know you believe in Jesus. I believe in Jesus too, but I also know I'm going to sink on that water because I don't believe. You know, My problems are so tough, I'm thinking he can't help me here. Now, that's just unbelief. I have to correct that. I have to say, Lord, you're going to help me here. Psalm 37 says, delight myself in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Ugh, I'm going to trust today. Anyway, the Lord heard their complaining and was very angry. Some people read the Bible and they go, well, I just don't understand why the Lord got so mad. I just, I flip back, read the whole story. He had raised Moses. Well, actually, he started at 80 years old. Coached him, got him ready to go, even though Moses was like, don't send me, don't send me. And then all the stuff that took place in Egypt, and they get all the way over here. Oh, my goodness. They already had to fire on the mountain, burning and carrying anything that touched that mountain. It, it was going to go up in smoke. They heard the voice of God, and they get over here, and they go, well, we can't take care of a few giants. Man. Anyway, so he vowed, nobody in that entire generation, they're not going to see the good land he promised them. Well, yeah, but Lord, when they got there, you're going to let them get killed. No, that's just it. They weren't going to get killed. You're not going to get killed either. Except Caleb and Joshua, praise the Lord, who had wholly followed the Lord, they would receive his personal inheritance now, you know, all we know of those guys is they said the Lord will keep his word. He will, he, will, he will let us conquer this land. That's all they did. Anyway, and the Lord was even angry with me. Look at that. <laughs> because of some of them and said, you're not going to enter the promised land. Yes, our good old friend Mo couldn't go either. The end of this book, we're not going to get there, but it was a great ending. The Lord took him up on a mountain and let him see it. 
Instead, your assistant Joshua, the son of Nun, shall lead the people. Encourage him as he prepares to take leadership. Why didn't he tell him, it's going to be hard. Get ready. It's going to be a tough one. No, it's going to be fine. He said, I'll give the land to their children. Uh, they said, we'll die in the wilderness. But as for you, your older generation, turn around now and go back to the Red Sea. Anyway, they confessed and said, oh, no. Anyway, they were going to repent. They were going to say, no, no, no. We're, we're going to follow the Lord. But actually, it was too late. Uh, they said, you know, we're, we're, they put their weapons on and said, no, we'll go conquer the land. The Lord said, tell them don't do it. But they did it anyway, and they rebelled against the Lord's command. They went up in the hill country. The Amorites, man, they knocked the, they knocked the poop out of them. Anyway, the Amorites who lived there came out against them and chased them like bees and killed them from Seir to Horeb. Then they returned before the Lord, but he wouldn't listen. So they stayed there at Kadesh Barnea for a long time. Now, this, this address goes on and on. Of course, uh, 40 years passed. Well, I already did, but anyway, and, and they're going in. But the key there is, praise the Lord, I've got to trust the Lord, you know. But anyway, so when you think about Jesus' clothes, they start glowing white uh, and, and bright and up on that, and all of a sudden Elijah showed up and Moses showed up. Well, we know what happened. We know the stories of it. It's not like anything new. So when Jesus comes down that mountain, here's the rest of his disciples, and they're going, anyway, I don't know what to do about this kid. We're just, we just, we're just stuck. Nah, we're not stuck. Father, we just thank you we have help today. Father, if we're not feeling good, you'll take care of that. You'll keep our bodies well. We just thank you for that. It doesn't matter what comes against our bodies. It's just like the promised land. We have the promised land of good health all our life. Same thing's true financially. There's not a financial problem we could ever face that uh, is not wrapped up in what we saw here today. And Father, if, it's, if we're not faced with finances or something to deal with our bodies, it's just some other kind of problem. It doesn't matter. Praise the Lord. You'll help all those things too. And that doesn't leave anything left but for us to watch our lives fall right in line with all these wonderful stories we see in the Scripture. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, all right. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord.